0: hey have you heard about anchor you probably haven't heard about anchor yet so let me tell you about it anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast you probably hear other people talk about how they make podcasts if they say it's easy they're crazy all of their methods are really hard and complicated but anchor super simple first off it's free they have creation tools that let you make the podcast right from your phone you don't even need a computer this is 2019 who uses computers anymore? Anchor distributes your podcast on all the other platforms. No need to go do all that complicated searching and hosting and posting. Hosting and posting. They do it for you. You can also make money from your podcast. Well, I mean, that's what I'm doing right now, because you're listening to this ad. They've got everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. No need to search around all over the place. No need to go to 20 different sites. Just one. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Bet you thought I was going to sing right here, didn't you? Looking for the hottest news out of the obstacle racing scene? Want to stay up to date on the freshest info, the latest podiums, and hear interviews with the who's who in OCR? Well you've come to the wrong place. Well, some of that you'll find here. But we're not the media. This is not ORM, OCM, OCRM, ORCM. This is OCR Talk. Hello, this is Jason Dupree,
1: and I'm Anna Landry,
0: and you're listening to episode number 14 of OCR Talk. This is the big battle race review or recap, recap, yeah, and that's uh, I think that's pretty much all we're going to talk about this, this episode, episode since we just recorded last week, which will be, I think, a record for us.
1: Yeah, this is pretty soon. Two weeks in a row. Yeah, two weeks in a row. That's Not crazy. even. Is that is this, does that count as a streak? Is that a streak?
0: Yeah, but it'll be over after this. Yeah. <laughs> we did have the Battle OCR event this weekend in St. Francisville in Louisiana at what was the the venue? What was it called? Or they they have another event there.
1: Right. It's it's private property, but it's where they hold the Red Bug Hill Challenge 5K. So, I'm not sure around what what time of year I think it's actually just passed maybe a couple months ago that they had the event. So, it's a it's an event every year to it's a it's a charity run basically and i can't remember which charity they raise money for to save my life but
0: we'll talk about the venue in a moment but yeah that's that's where it was and this event had a war zone heat that was a multi-lap heat so about an eight hour multi-lap race similar to toughest so the war zone heat started at seven started got started a little late but the Elites went out, I believe, around 7.30 after that?
1: Correct. Yeah, I think they started on time.
0: So Elites started at 7.30 and then...
1: Elite Women started at 7.45.
0: The Elite Women went after, and then after that, it was just open waves all day. And one thing that was kind of neat that he did, and I think this was probably pretty easy to do since it was a, it's a smaller race, is they said, show up when you're ready to run. And when you register, that's when you'll be assigned your heat. So pretty much an hour from when you get there is when you're going to get to run. Right. So you basically got to choose instead of having to pick a time, you know, months in advance and then stick to it like you do most races.
1: Yeah, because especially if you've got something going on early in the day and you can't make it out early, then you can choose to run later in the day. Or if you're trying to coordinate a big group of people together, it's always hard to have people sign up for a race at different times before the race event happens and then you're all assigned different heat times so it's always it's always an issue getting your group to get to run together that was a pretty easy solution to that and I I I really liked that he did that this year
0: now people for people that did wait till later in the day I'm sure they realized their mistake once they got out on course seeing as how the temperatures were in the triple digits right for probably the majority of the day.
1: Majority of the day, probably starting at like nine o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> and it actually, it you know, it wasn't bad because it was kind of overcast until like probably just before lunchtime, I would say. So whenever it was overcast, I, I didn't, it was still hot, but it wasn't oppressively hot.
0: Right. And now this gets into talking about the venue a little bit more, but the trail was mostly shaded. For the, right. I would say probably 90% of it was shaded.
1: Yeah, most of the time it was shaded. You would come out of the woods a little bit to do some obstacles, but for the most part, you were going back into the woods to run the trails. And plenty of water to wade through. And as the day got hotter, the water felt cooler. So.
0: Yeah, those creeks were nice.
1: At one point on on my third lap, I think I just sat down in a creek.
0: I know I did that multiple times. <laughs> but we'll get into all that a little later. <laughs> First, we're going to just talk about general results. And then we'll discuss the venue, and then some of the obstacles that battle had, and then the prizes that were given. And then at the very end of the podcast, which will probably be the longest section, will be our personal experiences and how how intense of a race it was. So stick around for that. That
1: It'll be interesting.
0: (laughs) But with the results... We're not going to talk about war zone results because they're not even posted yet, and there's a lot of things that could be said about them. But until anything's like,
1: we're not going to go there.
0: We're not going to dive into that. We're not we're going to go leave there. it at that.
1: Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna remain neutral or Switzerland at this point.
0: <laughs> but for the elites, we had some pretty good times that people set through a very hilly terrain, especially for Louisiana. And some very intense obstacles, and obviously, as we said, some very intense heat. Do you recognize any of the people on the that were on the podium?
1: Well, I had mentioned um, Chris Rugloski from Grit Fitness. She she and mm-hmm. I ran in Austin together, and actually, that was whenever I had mentioned this race to her back whenever we were well before we got pulled off the course for the sprint in Austin. <laughs> so I I had talked to her about coming out to the battle race because she likes doing a lot of obstacle heavy stuff and like the obstacle completion that savage race has and i was like oh well you might want to check out our event coming up in louisiana and i think she had already been added to the battle group on face group on facebook so yeah she came out she won first place for the women so super happy for her i knew she was gonna kill it christine ballad she won second place for the women Taryn, I can't remember her last name. Taryn won third place for the elite women. I'm not as familiar with her, Terrell. but I know Christine Terrell. Taryn, Taryn Terrell. Um, Taryn Terrell. So Christine and I um, know each other through the battle workouts and everything. She comes out, and I'll see her at road races too, and she's a solid runner, like solid, solid runner.
0: Yeah, congrats to those gr- ladies. They put down some pretty quick times, an hour 18 for Christina an hour 29 for Christine, and then mm-hmm. Taryn had an hour 35. Definitely, uh, you know, they put in some work to get through that fast.
1: Yeah, and get through that course without getting, getting lost and staying on track for the most part. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that was a challenge in itself, which we'll discuss more. But the guys, Luke Bosick, was from, according to athletes, from Virginia.
1: Really? Interesting. Yeah.
0: Luke Bosick did it in an hour and two, just under an hour three. Wow! Yeah. So he must have been blazing.
1: He must have been flying. I want to say he's come to a battle race before or or maybe a Walker Higgins trail race or something. I, for whatever reason, that name sounds familiar. And because he's out of town from out of town, like it it almost is a little familiar to me. Maybe he came to Mandeville last year or Baton Rouge last year.
0: Hang on. So I, I look trying to look him up on Facebook and I see a post from looks like from a, a World's Toughest mutter group. And they were talking okay. and they're talking about they're talking about Luke Bosick and Trevor Psychos in the same sentence. So,
1: oh, there you go.
0: <laughs> I knew that name sounded familiar. I know, <laughs> but I can't find them just like, you know, just a personal profile. Actually, I bet his race results will tell us a little bit more.
1: Exactly. Check out his Athlinks profile. Yeah. Luke Jason is stalking you. Yep.
0: <laughs> this is this is how Matt Matt B Davis does it. He just <laughs> goes on <laughs> Athlinks. He just
1: kind of goes in.
0: Not until he starts can... his episode.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're improvising.
0: I do see World's Toughest for twenty fifteen, but not sixteen or seventeen.
1: Well, he might have unclaimed results. Don't
0: yeah, that's true. It does show 18th in 2015 at World's Toughest Motor. Wow! So that's pretty pretty intense. Uh, glad he made it out, and glad he got to to crush some people. <laughs> All right, so he was first, Dennis Cochran, and second at hour and eight. Dennis from Mississippi, and then Francis. St-
1: st- oh, Francis yes. Steve. Yes, Francis. So Steve. he's a yeah, he's. He is also on the ultra red team with me on, um, as an ultra ambassador and my kid has (laughs) passed, um, that beast for a day trail race that Walker Higgins puts on. I just remember he was doing, he was doing the 12 hour ultra and he was on probably lap. I don't know, seven or something like that. By the time I started my first lap. Um because I had I had signed up for like the six hour six mm-hmm. hour race. And yeah, he's he's legit. He's fast.
0: Nice. Well congrats he's a to him. Solid,
1: solid runner. I mean Yeah.
0: Says he's twenty five years old.
1: Yeah, he's he is he's fast. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I can say. But yeah, he's he's uh Louisiana kid. So
0: yeah, that's awesome.
1: From Baton Rouge. Yeah.
0: Now other people that were out there. Macrush was out there, as we mm-hmm. said before. Uh, not sure why his results aren't showing up, but <laughs> apparently he put down a pretty decent time too.
1: Yeah, he put down a pretty decent time. I think an hour, an hour 17, something like that. But yeah, what what's most impressive about that is that he is, if you saw him on TMX this past weekend or the weekend prior to, you know that he's not a distance runner. He doesn't train to be a distance runner. And you know, me and you know, better as far as Sid's three plus
0: (laughs) mileage
1: (laughs) on his courses. So it could be anywhere from like three to seven miles, but like,
0: and in fact, it was about five and a half,
1: right? (laughs) It was about five and a half. If not, well, yeah, about five and a half. And so, yeah, so he's, I mean, his running ability is definitely coming along too. He told us, yes, he told us you know previously that he'd like to he'd like to train to run a marathon at some point probably here soon probably next year so might start training to do some distance running or at least longer distance than you know just the mile or three miles that you know some of these shorter races are
0: that's cool that's cool that he made it out and uh, i'd be curious to hear how what he thought about the race for Mm -hmm. sure Mm -hmm. and on top of that we had multiple people come out from Texas, you know, from the Lone Star Spartans group, which was really awesome. Yeah. Uh, Juan, Victor, Juan and Victor, King. and Carlos, and Thomas was in war zone with us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So um, Juan, Campa, Mac Armstrong, Carlos, I don't even know how you say Carlos' his last name. Carba. Carbajal? Carbajal? Is that mm-hmm. it? That sounds right. No? <laughs> April's shaking her head. Carlos <laughs> Carbajal? Carbajal? Uh,
1: I'm sorry if we're butchering your name.
0: <laughs> Chris Rigolowski,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, from Texas, too, which is pretty, mm-hmm. pretty sweet. Yeah. Matt Gambino and Victor, Victor Martinez. One of the cool things I just noticed, somebody made a great post in the Lone Star Spartan Facebook page that actually called all these guys out, these people out, and said how well they all did because they did. They Lone Star Spartans had a great showing on the podium at this race, race which was pretty awesome, Yeah, particularly – uh, in the age group bracket as well mm-hmm. one thing that i just noticed juan standing on top of the podium for his age group win uh is wearing one of our ocr talk shirts
1: nice shout out
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we did get our shirts in this weekend and got to pass a few of them out those of you that were lucky to be there and snag one we're we're proud
1: yeah oh yeah and shout out to mac armstrong that Totally approached me after the race and was like, "Hey, OCR talk." Yeah, (laughs) I was I was pushing to listen to y'all's podcast all weekend long. (laughs) (laughs) So that was super cool. Got to meet him, and yeah, it's always nice to meet meet a listener.
0: Yeah, really awesome. We're gonna we're gonna do something with the rest of those shirts and maybe give them away in some kind of giveaway or something. We are out of mediums already though (laughs) because we had five, so they're all gone. That's all right. But uh those of you particularly those in the XL sizes if you want one message us and we'll figure out a way to get you to win a win a giveaway.
1: <laughs> there you go. It's, it's so hard for us to talk about the results on the elites and the age groups. Now, I will say that the age group awards, that's something new that he started for this race. So I thought that was pretty cool um that yeah. he had age group awards and like a lot of people could go home with some with some bling, but
0: Yeah, uh, and speaking of which, they're their trophies were not uh it was not a plaque it was like a big metal
1: metal uh, battle
0: shield Mm -hmm. that somebody had welded together I don't know exactly I didn't get my hands on one so I didn't see how weighty they were they look pretty heavy
1: I had (laughs) I have mine from Mandeville from last year and it's just just as heavy I had tried (laughs) hanging it on my wall and I I don't know if I had gotten it in a stud because I came home one day and it had fallen off my wall.
0: So.
1: <laughs> Super heavy.
0: <laughs>
1: nice. So it's just now politely standing and leaning up against my wall on my dresser. <laughs> so it can't go anywhere.
0: So the venue itself was, I thought it was a really cool venue. It was way out of, out of the middle of nowhere right. for sure. I mean, it was even, what, 20 minutes from St. Francisville, which most people when they think Saint Francisville, it's out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah,
1: because that's where Warrior Dash was held whenever it was in Louisiana before that that big debacle happened. But yeah, it was about twenty minutes away from that park. So and especially driving out there in the middle of the night, I definitely <laughs> on that little lone country road, I definitely passed up the the entrance oh, to yeah. the venue probably maybe two or three times before <laughs> before Daniel caught up with me and he was like I'll just I'll just sit here at the entrance and I'll wait for <laughs> you to drive up behind me.
0: <laughs> now the the parking there was I felt like I didn't see during the day, but I felt like there was plenty of space for parking, but it was a little bit of a walk to the venue. Now right. anybody that's been to a lot of races probably knows what a what what a long walk to the venue is like and you know sometimes that's what you got to do, sometimes you don't, but I think it was just the heat that made that walk extra yeah. Like if anybody decided they needed to go back to their car to get anything, they just decided they didn't yeah. need that
1: thing. Exactly. It wasn't just like a quick stroll to the car just to pop in and pop out and, you know, just grab whatever you forgot. It was, okay, did I leave anything else in the car? Is there possibly anything else <laughs> I could grab out of here and then go back? <laughs> yeah. Because I'm not coming back to this car <laughs> if I figure out that I forgot anything else. <laughs>
0: But the venue was neat in that there was an a opening. You know, this is mostly wooded area, but it was a opening mm-hmm. where the festival area was. Mm-hmm. So all that was out in the sun. And while some of the, you know, finishing obstacles and a couple of times that you came back to the festival area mm-hmm. was out in the sun, we had a, a, a decent little spot where a bunch of people brought tents and set those up. And of course, okay. the, the vendors, they all had their tents out there as well. And then the trail ran out into the woods and like we said it was mostly covered almost the entire time so sometimes you were running along what looked like a predefined trail and then Mm -hmm. other times it was you were running along the creek or just up a slope or
1: Mm, up the ravines or something just
0: kind of through the woods where they decided to put some flags Uh, yeah (laughs) yeah
1: Yeah, there was definitely no shortage of hills. And I mean, I would say probably 50% of those inclines you were having to do like a pretty good bear crawl of those of those inclines because there was no way you're like upright and running.
0: For sure. That was some of the steepest stuff I've seen in Louisiana.
1: Yeah. I'm like, what is this? I mean, like, I was like, this is Asheville? Like, I it reminded me of those hills from Asheville. Like, some of those hills that, like, they had to throw a rope over just so they, they knew oh, yeah. people could, you know, could climb over those hills. I mean, that wouldn't, that wouldn't be a bad idea, actually, if we used some of those hills again. Because throughout the day, some of those hills, especially climbing out of the creek, I mean, yep. there was no way you were climbing out of that without help.
0: Yeah, they got slippery.
1: Yeah. And... Yeah, they got they got really slippery, especially ones climbing out of the creek.
0: There was one little rope on one heel that definitely didn't warrant a rope, and then there was no ropes anywhere else. But I'm pretty sure that was a pre, you know, that rope was there from before, not from this race.
1: Probably, but so. it was just
0: kind of kind of comical.
1: It was just kind of there.
0: <laughs> they when I was in the creek, I want to say those cliff walls were at least thirty feet. Some of them,
1: at least. Do you mean the creek that we got lost in because I followed you guys? <laughs> like an idiot.
0: <laughs> no, no. Are you are you thinking about the creek or the pond?
1: That first creek bed, or was it a pond? I don't know. I, I, it was it was a pretty wide creek bed that definitely was not supposed. To, yeah, definitely was not supposed to be part of the course.
0: We'll we'll get to that part in, uh, just a little bit. That that was not supposed to be part of the definitely race, not. but ended up being part of it for us.
1: Yeah, a few other people too. Poor Daniel. Who was like <laughs> neck deep in it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I want to. I, I do want to discuss uh, how he got stuck in that, but let, let's save that for the moment.
1: <laughs> I wasn't there when he got stuck, so I don't know the circumstances <laughs> behind it.
0: We need to do a, a special uh, interview episode. <laughs> yeah, <with venue.
1: laughs>
0: find out exactly what transpired there.
1: <laughs> exactly what happened.
0: <laughs> what else about the venue? The tr- the trails. I really, I really did enjoy the trails. They were. There were parts that were super technical, parts that were yeah. nice long downhills, parts yeah. that were good climbs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, some of the treks through the creeks got really muddy. Some of them oh, were yeah. nice and sandy and mm-hmm. very shallow, so they were easy to run through.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, I thought it was awesome terrain. It was awesome terrain for, for a trail run. Now, if you combine that with all the obstacles that he threw at us, it was super yeah. difficult. But but the 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 running and the trails itself I, I enjoyed because you don't get that kind of training here in Louisiana you just don't <laughs> I had posted on Facebook like whenever I was running those trails you would if I didn't know I was in Louisiana I would not think I was in Louisiana because you just don't get those kind of trails here and just to have that kind of place to go to I mean granted for me it's like two hours away but I would drive it just to go run the trails, you know, and get that kind of training.
0: Yeah. Other than it being out of the way, I thought it was a great venue.
1: Oh, yeah. I loved that venue. He really found himself an awesome venue to have events at, I think. He could do a lot with as much land as as that property is on and everything. And I think it's got a lot of great potential if we can continue to have events there.
0: I mean, the heat killed everybody off. Yeah. Uh, Everybody it was when you were in the trails it really wasn't bad. You were still like just sweating to death. But when right. you came out into the sun, it was I mean, it was soul breaking.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even just coming out even just coming out of the woods that lot to the last little gauntlet of obstacles and that last little stretch of obstacles was probably what about a hundred meters and with all those obstacles squeezed into that short distance, by the time you made it to the end, you're like no more. <laughs> just, just get, just throw me over the warped wall, throw me across the finish line. I don't want to move anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah. So speaking of which, let's talk about the obstacles. They had some very unique obstacles. Now, yes. before we talk about the obstacles in general, I think it's it's good to say that Sid and his group is a very limited team. Yeah. And they they had to keep some obstacles closed because they weren't ready. Right. And they also had to close some obstacles during the race because of different reasons. Maybe they equipment were equipment issues. Yeah, the equipment was being was faulty or something. But they did make those adjustments during the race, which honestly mm-hmm. made it feel like a little bit like a toughest because right. you know, mm-hmm. they, they purposely make those adjustments. <laughs> during right. The race. But they definitely had some of the signature obstacles out there. And there mm-hmm. was still a lot of obstacles more than you probably want but
1: before the event we had talked about it was possibly for us going to be like a toughest event and we weren't going to have to do all the obstacles on our first lap but i'm glad we did because you know those rings that we had to shut down on that first on that first lap the rings the strap there was something wrong with the straps and they were just not holding weight for whatever reason And they were just snapping or, you know, slipping off the bars or it just wasn't safe. So unfortunately for us, we were, you know, we were the guinea pigs. But (laughs) thank goodness all that came to light before, you know, the elites went out there or the open heats went out there. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of glad that that happened because.
0: Didn't want that to happen during open heats. Right. Or
1: competitive heats whenever they're, you know, competing for time and you're having to figure out, okay, well, what's fair Since these people didn't complete the obstacle because it wasn't safe, you know, we're kind of the guinea pigs in that sense. But, I mean, we're out there all day.
0: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it was okay. When we went through that ring obstacle, it Mm -hmm. was still, everything was still damp. You know, like we were sweaty, so our hands were wet, but the I think the bars and everything were still pretty damp too, so... Definitely added a little challenge.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was still dewy, and like I made it through the I made it through the rings, and I just two handed it all the way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it definitely felt slippery, like more so than usual. It just it something about it felt off, and I just I couldn't <laughs> put my finger on it, and I felt like it was the straps on those rings on the bars. So a couple people said that some of them just yeah just snapped under under weight, and oh well. Um, they just broke off the, the straps just broke apart for whatever reason. Like nylon straps and I don't know. I'm not sure.
0: Maybe they weren't tied right.
1: I I don't know. I don't know. But I'm glad I'm glad it got shut down. I'm glad the the obstacles that needed to now the the floating Z walls would have been fun. We didn't know that one was closed on our on our lap <laughs> until So the,
0: okay. So the, yeah, let's explain they had some floating Z walls that had like blocks of two by four for your feet and then for your hands they actually had holes in the plywood right and there was only one lane whenever we went to it like front and back mm-hmm. but still one lane and you could see where the the plywood was still down for the second lane but there was nothing blocking it so we just all went yeah through it. <laughs> it was like all right
1: yeah i went through that with um with one of my buddies jp and he was on the other side and i was on the other side of the plywood and it oh, nice. kind of it, it kind of worked out because yeah. like he was maybe a step ahead of me on the other side so we kind of counterbalanced each other <laughs> and then the girl that came on the z wall behind me like i was able to kind of stabilize the wall for her <laughs> while she got on and then like we all just kind of made it through together and it all just kind of yeah. worked real smoothly and then Sid was like oh yeah that, that obstacle was supposed to be closed <laughs> because it's it like we didn't have time to put like other stuff to make it safe.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it was a little bit of teamwork going on, right? Yeah. Exactly. Cool. I'm like,
1: well, we made it safe because we were all counterbalancing each other.
0: All right. So how about all the obstacles that were open? Yeah, there were still a ton of them.
1: Yes, there was still a lot of them. Oh my goodness.
0: A lot of hanging obstacles, of course, but notably to stand out besides, you know, I think what we think of as the big awesome obstacles. Let's talk about some of the ones that stood out first. Like, there was a couple of balanced ones. There was one...
1: With the logs.
0: Balanced logs, Mm -hmm. but they were teeter-totter logs. Mm -hmm. So you had to go over a couple of teetering logs, and then a flat one, and then another teetering one. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty tricky. And
1: they were super slippery, too, because I think that was after you came out of something muddy or wet...
0: The sun kept them pretty dry, but after the open waves right. went through, they were nice and nice and muddy because yeah. they were sitting on them and sliding across. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty fun. I liked that one. And the the one that went straight across that didn't teeter-totter, it did have the end that wasn't completely secured down the other end. So as soon as you stepped on one end, it would kind of come up, but it wouldn't come all the way up. It would just kind of psych you out.
0: <laughs> and then there was another obstacle, balance obstacle with... A tie strap like a like a slack line but it went over so it went from the bottom of the obstacle over a bar and then back down so it was actually an up and down slack line which was very unique and you had you could use that middle bar that it went over like you could grab onto Mm -hmm. it so it wasn't as bad as having to walk that whole distance but still challenging since you had to go up and down
1: and slack lines i suck at but i did it
0: (laughs) Is there any other obstacles that stand out besides the like really big ones?
1: Obstacles.
0: Some one of the another one that stood out to me was the one where they've got the big bag. It's a what do you call it? Brute things? force ball. It's like a it's like a medicine ball, but it's it's a bag with yeah, sand. Yeah, that's in the
1: it. brute force ball.
0: Yeah, so the brute force ball, and you got to pick that sucker up and throw it over a couple of couple of bars, mm-hmm. and those things are not light at not all. Not
1: for the guys, no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't know the weight is on them. Maybe, maybe hundred fifty. I think I, I think
1: it was a hundred pounds for the guys, and I think it was maybe about okay. fifty for the girls.
0: But getting that bag and you know it being sand and having to get under a, a ball shape, it, it's yeah, tough. and it's that yeah, sand
1: so the weight shifts and you have to adjust and
0: yeah, and throwing it over two bars and then coming back, nice. you have to do it. You know, you basically had to lift the thing five yeah, six exactly. times.
1: Unless you were extra like me and me and this other girl that were tossing it over and then tossing it over on our way back. Because <laughs> we, we didn't know. So we just because whenever we got there, we we're like, we just throw it over the poles and bring it back. And he was like, yeah. So we threw it over the poles. And then whenever we were coming back, we threw it over the poles again.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what we did. Did you did you not do that later? or?
1: No, it was supposed to just be you throw it over the poles and then you bring it back you didn't have to throw it over the poles like when on your way back <laughs> oh
0: well that's what i did too so it's okay. yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> we got corrected he was like no only two times i'm like oh i just thought you meant like two times each way <laughs> oh well
0: well i thought four times was okay i mean it yeah, was tough it wasn't bad. it wasn't too bad it was a good challenge that's for sure any any other ones besides the rigs in the end
1: i don't think so oh the traverse slack line the traverse slackline was kind of was kind of tricky. It was because I thought I would be able to go under it underhanded um, and just kind of hang and shimmy my way across, but I didn't mm-hmm. really feel comfortable on my hands. So I was just more comfortable with getting on top of it and sliding across that way.
0: On top of it? Mm-hmm. Really?
1: I got on top of it every single time. <laughs> every <laughs> so you single time. Climbed up time. the frame and got up there. Yeah, on top of the frame. <laughs> <laughs> the first time was terrifying because I was like. Oh my gosh. I didn't realize how tall this thing was, but yeah, yeah, I got on top of it every single time. (laughs) I tried the first time I wanted to, I want to say, yeah, the first time I did about halfway underneath and I wasn't wearing my compression socks, my long, like my long mud gear socks because Uh of reasons. (laughs) And yeah, it just, it didn't feel good on my legs without my socks like that. So I just, Got so up you on.
0: were hanging, but you also had your feet hooked over it.
1: Right. So whenever I got about midway through, and this is on my first lap, whenever I got about midway through, I got onto that bar in the middle and I changed it up a little bit and I climbed up and I got on top.
0: So it, it, it's a slack line. It's a hanging slack line and it's pinned on the ends, mm-hmm. but then it goes down at an angle to two bars that are inset probably about, I don't know, 10 feet or so. Yeah. Uh, from the ends mm-hmm. so it has that putting pressure on it so it keeps it pretty tight mm-hmm. now when you hang on it it pulled a little bit mm-hmm. but yeah that's what i did is i i actually turned to where my head was going you know into the obstacle and did it just like a, a rope traverse right and i uh, had my feet hanging over it and the reason i turned around is because when you're going up, up on the incline on the end there it's it was tough like in my first lap i started going um Feet first,
1: mm-hmm. and it was
0: tough to go uphill feet first. Yeah, <laughs> much easier to go u- uh, uphill head first. Yeah,
1: which is funny because on a regular like Tyrolean traverse at a Spartan, I can't get on mm-hmm. top of the rope for whatever reason. Like I just
0: maybe the flatness of the slack line helped you,
1: but the slack line—I don't know if it's because it's <laughs> flat, <laughs> but yeah, I was able to get on top of that one okay, and hmm. uh, and make it across no problem.
0: Okay, there was a. Tip of the spear style, um, you know, like a slanted board, slanted piece of plywood that you had to traverse across. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Olympus kind of, they had ropes hanging down. Mm -hmm. And so it was two boards, two pieces of plywood long. And then there was a pipe traverse in the middle between Mm -hmm. the two. So about another eight to 10 feet there. Mm -hmm. And then two more pieces of plywood uh, long down at the end of that.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And to do that the whole way, I don't know if you were not supposed to touch the frame. The first time I didn't, and it was it like I felt like man, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to complete this later. Mm-hmm. But later I just used the frame because nobody said anything, and it was it was not too bad. Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, they told us they could they could use the frame. Our our feet just couldn't touch the ground. Like at the end, yeah. At the ends, our feet just couldn't touch like the top of the wall, yeah. and our t- our feet couldn't touch the the grass. At the end of the plywood, we could use those little, you know, scaffolding rings the, on the frame to get on the pipe, but we just couldn't touch the ground.
0: Yeah, and, and actually that brings into, uh, you, you're talking about the frame, the scaffolding. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a difference with Sid's races. as I think it's probably cheaper on his part to buy all the scaffolding and then be able to recreate all these different configurations. Because right. it's just metal pipes, you know, with that hook into mm-hmm. each other all these different ways. And then he's got the pieces of plywood U-bolted into Mm -hmm. those. So there's definitely unique setups for his obstacles solely based off of that. Like even the walls where there was a another obstacle, a four-foot wall, a six-foot, and...
1: That 10 and 12-foot wall was eight foot wall. not 10 and 12 feet. <laughs> it was not 10 and 12 feet. I have the worst bruises and scrapes that I've probably ever come away with from a race because of those walls. <laughs> those walls are terrible.
0: So, yeah, it was four walls in a row. And I know Sid said that that fourth, third one was eight foot, but I I couldn't jump up and touch it with the tip right. of my hands. So I know it had to have been over eight foot because typically on those eight foot balls at Spartan races, I can get those.
1: Run and jump up over them or on top of them anyway. So
0: did you guys end up using the uh, get help or did y'all use the frame to help get over that?
1: I used the frame.
0: Uh, me, and, me and Zach and Lance Johnson were at that together on the first lap. And Lance, like we all got over it together. We all worked mm-hmm. together to get over it. And then afterwards, Lance said, all right, let's just be in agreement. We can use the frame on this after this.
1: It doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> and
0: if we get here by ourselves, you're going to be stuck. Yeah. Because even running and like putting your foot on it and jumping and leaping, yeah. I could get my fingertips up there. But I mean, it's just too short to be able to do that. Stuff. That
1: and the bolts on the backside, you had to be really careful because the bolts.
0: Careful coming down. Holding yeah. the
1: boards on the backside of those walls, they were sticking straight out and Like they needed to be shaved down or cut or something just so you wouldn't, you wouldn't catch on those points. Because I think that's part of what like bruised me and cut me up and everything like that. (laughs) That and like the top of the wall, of course.
0: (laughs) Now the the last wall was pretty cool. Whereas it wasn't just a straight up 12 foot wall. There was framing at the bottom. So you could step a little bit on that. Mm -hmm. But then there was a rope hanging down. So you could step up, reach the rope. And then you did have to do like a straight up. You know, wall climb with a rope. rope mm-hmm. Yep, to get up to the top of that, and then another rope to get down the back. So that one was pretty, pretty good and challenging each time too.
1: Yeah, that was cool. I liked that little change on the walls. I just, I can do walls. I just don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like walls, <laughs> especially having to do them fifteen times <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> it gets tiring and then my legs look like terrible the next day
0: <laughs> i feel like it wasn't long after that there was a dunk wall in a in a pond so there was one pond that we got to get in and mm-hmm. that water was nowhere near as cool as the creek water but it was still felt nice
1: nah, it was not cool at all
0: <laughs> but there was a dunk wall and then a fence basically another dunk wall so you went under twice and then swam around the edge of the pond and then got out on a slip wall, which it was mm-hmm. trickier getting out of the pond to get on the slip wall than it was to do the slip yeah, wall.
1: Yeah, so. it was because that getting out of the pond, there wasn't really much to step on, especially as a day went on and more people just kept trampling through there. You you didn't have good footholds coming out of the water. After my first lap, I just figured to just get out on the on the edges and just use the wall to get out of the get out of the water. <laughs> like grab the grab the edges of the wall and just kind of pull myself out, mm-hmm. will myself out of the water.
0: <laughs> Before the walls, there was a, an, a neat uh, kettlebell swing obstacle where you had to throw the kettlebell over a bar that was, I don't know, a good eight feet away or so. Mm-hmm. and and then you had to pull it back. This one was mm-hmm. cool because, like, as I kept doing it, I realized if I pull on the rope at the right time, the mm-hmm. kettlebell will swing on the way back, and I can right. just yank it, and it would flip just, back over.
1: Yeah, just snatch it back, mm-hmm. and it will come flying over. Now, what the volunteer failed to tell us was that there was <laughs> a 10-foot side and an 8-foot side.
0: <laughs> oh, so it was for longer distances, too, as yeah, well as heavier was- weight?
1: Two different distances, yes, okay, so the one whenever you approached it, the one on the right side was a ten foot distance, and the well, one that was on the, the left- men's side, yes, so the one yeah. on the left <laughs> side was the eight foot distance, and I thought you know the the volunteers didn't didn't know any better, and so <laughs> I asked him, I was like, is there a certain side?" And he was like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, well, I'll just go to the one that everybody's going to. So I just went to the one that everybody was going to. And I couldn't get it, couldn't get it, couldn't get it. And then I just turned around <laughs> and I tried the one behind me and I got it on the first try.
0: So. Wow. Well, yeah, you're definitely not the only lady that had that issue.
1: No, no, nope. <laughs> No, because whenever I came through later during some of the open heat laps, I'm like, you know, these are shorter, right? Did they tell you that? <laughs> <laughs> this is the ladies' side if you didn't know.
0: Yeah. And, you know, speaking of volunteers, that that's one of the places that obviously Sid can improve. And, and we've talked about how he's got a small team. So that mm-hmm. kind of stuff is, uh, you know, it, it's it needs to be improved in some fashion. And it, so it's it's somewhat understandable. But there are places where it's like, well, what would you rather our resources go towards so right volunteers knowing what the obstacles do uh, definitely would be a good spot to, to focus on
1: yeah for sure definitely um, like a good briefing session before the event I think it's just that the event was running behind yeah. to begin with so there wasn't a lot of time for logistics so I was talking about this to one of one of my friends. After the race, and we were just kind of talking about how our experiences went, and <laughs> I'm like, you know, it's easy for us to say stuff like this about the volunteers and everything, and we really do appreciate the volunteers who definitely sacrifice their time and their Saturday mornings to come out and volunteer at a race in the heat in the middle of July in Louisiana. And at the same time, we I think we have to remember that they their are kids. Most of, <laughs> most of them were like what like high school kids or maybe fresh out of high school and like. Yeah, it it probably would have helped to have, at least during the competitive waves, to have some kind of course marshalling going on or something a little bit more official. Um, but then again, you know, it all just comes down to available resources. And it's that's I think every race series has that issue in getting enough volunteers.
0: Right. And while we're talking about obstacles, I think that's where Sid could probably cut back and right. be able to put resources elsewhere while it is awesome that he has 30 plus obstacles and he really does and they're not simple one wall as an obstacle either mm-hmm. but if he did cut back on them and just focus on maybe his better or more exciting obstacles instead mm-hmm. of having an over under through maybe leave that out yeah but you know add you know take those resources and put them elsewhere into Focusing on uh, volunteers or something like that. Yeah, because uh, he does have really fantastic obstacles, and we're not even we're not even into the really big ones yet. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and for the most part, I mean the 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 over under throughs those can be pretty much just not have a volunteer manning them, but like those those four six eight and twelve foot walls, they had to have a volunteer there because I mean you just if you didn't know what to do, it just wasn't safe.
0: It, you're right. It is a it could be a dangerous spot Yeah. If somebody falls
1: right and then like i see what you're saying with the with the obstacle density and everything like that because a lot of his obstacles are so creative and that's that's the awesome thing about his races is that he comes up with all these really creative obstacles and he puts them in his race but it's it's so hard to put those kinds of obstacles all throughout the course because you kind of have to have uh, manpower there in order to enforce them because Especially if you're going to be a mandatory obstacle completion race.
0: Was Limitless the... uh
1: The monkey bars, yeah.
0: The monkey bars, yeah. So mm-hmm. big, long, you know, we talked about it before. Big, long, 60-foot monkey bars. A uh, lot like Spartan. Very um, multiple levels, inclines, declines. There was a rest in the middle, which was very handy. I, As I said, I was going to go through the whole thing. Without using the rest at least once, I never did because you never
1: did. You needed it.
0: <laughs> I, I didn't bother to. Very worried about my hands ripping in a long race like that, and especially with the heat, and of course the spirit of competition. The very first lap, I was still with Lance and, and Lance and Zach, so I was just trying to get through it, to get through it quick. So, but yeah, I did rip my hands on that one later. I did rip one hand mm-hmm. on my second to last lap.
1: Yeah, let me tell you how much fun work today was putting hand sanitizer <laughs> on. Oh jeez, I wanted to cry the first time it happened.
0: Coming back into the festival area, maybe one of the first times there was his hoist was really cool and very unique compared to any other hoist I've ever done. Mm-hmm. You had to actually take the uh, a, a wreck bag, a wreck sandbag,
1: yeah, and do back. a
0: lap with it. Yeah, brute force sandbag. You had to do a, a lap with it. And then when you brought it back to the rig, there was a smaller one already hooked on the rig. But you actually mm-hmm. step into the apparatus and uh, attach the one you carried to it and yeah. then hoist it, get back in there, take it off, and then put it back in the pile you got it from.
1: Yes. I loved that one. I loved it because it was a sandbag carry, her hoist, everything all in one. And I loved it. I like sandbag carries. I like her- the the hoist. I love that
0: coolest hoist I've seen in a race by far.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that um, that hoist was was higher than like say a ho- a Herc hoist at a Spartan. It was higher hmm. because hmm. I usually I can get the ones at the Spartan at the Spartan races usually I can get them up there in maybe a couple two or three pulls or something like that. And that one I don't know. I didn't feel like it was a heavier weight, but I felt like it was higher.
0: There was another one in the festival area that was a cave ladder. Climb up to the top of a cargo net and then a rope to get down.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: That cave ladder, I thought it was going to be tricky, but honestly, when I just treated it like a regular ladder and just did my feet, you know, Mm -hmm. one foot at a time, same side, Mm -hmm. same hands, it, it actually wasn't that bad. It was the skinny cave ladder too, yeah. not the big wide ones.
1: Right, cuz it's so narrow that
0: mm-hmm.
1: you do, you yeah, you kind of it it tricks your mind, but yeah. yeah, it was it was weird because I went the first time I got on it, I got I went on it with my foot going through one side and then the other side I had my heel coming through the other side. I was going one at a time, but I was like climbing up up, up it. Oh with, really? Yeah. So, I mean, it kind of worked for me. It kind of, I don't know. It worked for me. I had never <laughs> climbed up one of those caving ladders before. So that was, that was really fun. And It was pretty high up there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a really fun obstacle. And that little cargo net was like the festival bridge. So like, as you were rolling across it, the spectators and all the people coming into the venue were uh, walking under the obstacle. Yeah. And I think it's pretty cool to have something like that. Just just the, you know, the wow factor whenever you're walking up to the venue, you know, mm-hmm. the rope on the other side. I think it probably would have been helpful just to have maybe a knot or two in it here and there.
0: Yeah, I could imagine people that are not, you know, comfortable with their strength. Would, exactly. were probably pretty scared uh, to get down there.
1: So it, it probably would have helped maybe even to have, you know, some ropes that don't have knots and some ropes that do.
0: Have the choice.
1: Yeah, have a choice to either go down the one with knots or not. So
0: Yeah. Not knots or not.
1: Knots or not. <laughs> Going back to the tip of the spear, that was a lot of fun and it was it was easier than I anticipated it to be. The only thing that made it hard as the day went on was that pole got hotter and hotter and hotter.
0: Yeah. As
1: the day went on. But I got a pretty good swing.
0: Yeah, if you use a good, you know, swinging motion on that, you got across oh, yeah. it pretty quick.
1: Oh, yeah. Pretty quickly. And once I got that down, I mean, it was, it was easy. It was a lot of fun, though. I liked that one. I hope he brings that one back for future races.
0: But if he wants to make it crazy hard, he can always make it to where you can't touch the frame.
1: True. True. But I don't like that. <laughs> He's already got enough difficult obstacles. <laughs> don't give him any crazy ideas. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So at the the finish of the race you come out of the woods and I think the first thing you came to was the it's like quintuple steps but a lot steeper where you pretty much have to traverse them.
1: Oh, capable, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. so
0: you're they're, they're, cl- they're little slanted walls with uh grips across the top or just a you know piece of wood that you can grab onto. Right. And they're close enough that you can stretch across and and kind of boun- uh Kind of pin yourself between both of them, you know, mm-hmm. stretched, kind of doing a split a little bit. Pretty challenging. Not any issues since they weren't painted. They they were pretty grippy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, whenever they were painted, it was a lot slippier, slippery.
0: Oh, yeah. They were close enough that I could touch easily and, and get myself pinned from one to the other and then turn and then kind of mm-hmm. lunge towards the, the next one. Did mm-hmm. you have any issues with that? I know you're a little shorter tonight.
1: No, and usually on his on those steps that he has, I usually have an issue kind of stretching out, and I'm like at capacity, <laughs> and I'm having to really slowly turn around and reach for that next wall. Although a couple times I'd, I did get a wild hair and maybe think about just like running on through, you know, like <laughs> on, on Ninja Warrior. <laughs>
0: yeah. I think they're too steep for that. <laughs>
1: yeah. I think they're a little too steep or like, I know we did this at NOLA muscle park once upon a time, I think whenever we had a workout there or something and you would like kind of hang on to one wall and then jump and turn around and, jump onto the yeah. wall behind yeah. Do but, your
0: turn while you're leaping?
1: Yeah. Uh I just I didn't get brave enough to do that.
0: <laughs> that That's a good thing to practice though because you're seeing more stuff like this at different races especially yeah. Conqueror Gauntlet having their new smooth criminal obstacle.
1: Right. And it's definitely a lot faster going through that way if you can figure oh, yeah. out how to go that way. But I just wanted to get through it at that point since I could see the finish line. <laughs> <laughs>
0: After that was a low rig monkey bar where it was, they were, they were flat. They weren't uh, multiple levels except for in the middle was about Mm -hmm. five or six bars that were a lot lower. Like if you were hanging from them, even with your, like you'd probably be almost on your knees if you were hanging from them for tall people, especially. So you really ended up having to use your, your feet on those. And Mm -hmm. while I didn't start using my feet on the higher sections, towards the end I did just because it made it easier
1: yeah going and transitioning from the higher to the lower was okay cuz you just couldn't get on top of the on top of the rig mm-hmm. so it started out higher and me I'm shorter so I could just treat that higher portion like it was just regular monkey bars and just kind of hold <laughs> my feet up but once mm-hmm. I got to the lower portion I had to transition to that lower part And then I got across okay, but then like transitioning back to that higher part, it's like you had to, yeah, you had to pull yourself back up or like swing yourself up there somehow. (laughs) And yeah, it was it was a little trickier getting up to that point. But yeah, that was that was fun. I think in future races he could do a lot more than with that too. Even if he left it alone, that would be that would be fine because it's still pretty challenging.
0: Yeah, I did like that one.
1: Or like adding rings or something like that, or changing it up a little yeah. bit. I could see, I could see it evolving into something more.
0: Yeah. There's, there's definitely other um, low rigs that have in other races that have a lot of crazy stuff in them that he can mm-hmm. pull from if he wanted to. But
1: yeah, definitely.
0: After that was the triumph. Is it called triumph? The dragon's back?
1: Oh, yes, it was triumph.
0: The so triumph is their dragon's back style obstacle where you're leaping from uh, a platform onto a slanted wall with a bar above it, so you can grab the bar. And then some people will go over the bar, some go under. I like over the bar myself because I don't like getting myself kind of stuck under the bar and feeling like I've got to, I don't know, muscle myself up. Climb yourself up. <laughs> like, yeah, it's kind of weird. What about you? Do you go over or under?
1: I went under just because of the size of the gap. I felt more comfortable, and the way I I would land on the wall, I felt more comfortable going under the bar.
0: Well, it was the the bar to the to the board was to the next platform was mm-hmm. further this time I thought mm-hmm. than the last race.
1: And the last the last jump was definitely further.
0: Yeah, that was a good ten foot jump, I believe. Yeah,
1: that was definitely further because I made it through the first couple okay. I was whenever I came up to it, I'm like, okay, I know what to expect with this obstacle now. I'm just gonna go through these first first couple. And then whenever I got to that last one, I was like, oh. <laughs> this one's <laughs> further <laughs> and i can really tell it's further um
0: <laughs> yeah it really messes with your mind and i i don't recall hearing about anybody getting hurt so you know there was one person that got hurt last year
1: mm-hmm. but i
0: don't think anybody did this year so that that was good
1: um i, I i'm pretty sure someone did i i think um you
0: made me take that back
1: <laughs> yeah i think someone did i think um she just fell out slipped on the her hand slipped on the bar, I think, and she fell off the wall and landed on her back pretty good.
0: That's the thing about that is is you have to you need to have a contingency for if somebody does mess it up. Yeah. And that obstacle does seem like you need to have at least some hay or something down to bottom. Right. Something. So that's another place where I think if Sid does less obstacles, does twenty instead of thirty, that you could put more resources into making the obstacles a little safer. Yeah. When it comes to the people that if you do happen to fail, uh, what happens?
1: Yeah, like maybe put some some of those rubber, was that, rubber mulch down up underneath that or something.
0: Yeah, or just, I mean, even regular yeah. mulch or hay or something. Something, something to soften that, yeah. that fall if yeah. you do happen to fall backwards. Most people aren't going to fall backwards on that. Right. But if you slip, you're usually just going to slide down it and then, you know, you're exactly. catching yourself with your feet. You could roll your ankle or something like that. But then after that, after that last big gap, there was a rope swing into a cargo net
1: mm-hmm.
0: that was uh, pretty pretty good. It was definitely like you had to grab the rope and pull it. You had to grab a smaller rope to mm-hmm. pull the big rope back to you, which mean, meant that it was actually a pretty decent pretty decent gap that you had to swing across yeah
1: i'm glad he added the little ropes that he didn't make you jump out to the rope because that was a pretty good distance to jump out to especially at the end of that course after doing triumph
0: yeah i don't know if you would have had the the momentum to get to the other side even yeah
1: because there really wasn't any place to go
0: yeah for open waivers that would have been near impossible i think yeah for some of them
1: yeah and yeah, I I like that he added that little rope to pull the rope back to you, just because I thought, I just thought it made it a lot more doable for a lot more people. And, you know, especially in that last gauntlet of obstacles where all the spectators are, you want to be able to like, you know, go through all those obstacles and be able to complete them in front of your friends and family.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But after the rope swing, you caught the inverted cargo net, Mm -hmm. which you climbed up and over and then back down. And then after you got down, there was just a rope climb right there. So it's like a rope climb right away after you've been doing all this other crazy stuff. And that was not a short rope climb either. No,
1: it was not. (laughs) It was not a short rope climb by any means. It was was much taller. (laughs) And again, I think... For the open heaters, the the knots option would be nice. It'd be nice.
0: I know I was able to get up at each time, but I know my forearms were cramping on those later laps.
1: Yeah, I came home and like my hands were cramping. (laughs) My hands and my (laughs) arms, like the weirdest thing. Like I've never had parts of my hand cramp before <laughs> after. And
0: all. I, I use my feet to lock in a pretty strong J hook too. Yeah. So I'm really not using my, my arms a, a ton, mm-hmm. but even with that, it was just, you know, so much that, that I was cramping up.
1: Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. Cause I, I made it up and like my, arms were gassed, I kind of had to hang there for a bit with my, with my footlock and just like shake out my arms because my arms (laughs) were just toasted by that last lap.
0: So right after that was some tire flips and these were very unique tire flips because it wasn't just a tire. It was a, it said it was a 200 pound tire, right? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. It's a power systems, um, a power systems tire.
0: Okay. So yeah, it had a, a a thing wrapped around it Mm -hmm. that had handles on it. So you didn't have the struggles that you typically have getting your fingers under a tire
1: right so what's really cool about those is that it makes me really excited that he has those for his events because what's really cool about those power systems equipment is that you can do you can practice the the tire flips like we did on Saturday or um they also have um sledgehammers that you can pound them on so okay. you can pound the sledgehammers on the tires or if you noticed, it said how high the tires were. They were like 16 inches tall. So oh, they okay. could also be used for box jumps too. Nice. So it makes it makes me really excited that he has that equipment because he can do, it's a lot of like diverse stuff that he can he can do with that equipment.
0: Now, the second to last obstacle, probably one of the biggest ones and one of the more confusing ones, <laughs> not confusing, but just like what the heck is he thinking kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> His warp wall. Nice and high, you know it wasn't like a ninja wall where it was overturned on the on the top side. It didn't come uh curved back to you. it was just a uh, straight up at the end, mm-hmm. but still not not terrible, but the thing about it was that it didn't start at the ground, yeah, it started about what would you say about a foot and a half, yeah. maybe two foot off the ground, yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, whenever I first approached it, I was definitely like, okay, how am I going to do this? Do I want to like run and hop up on top of it and then <laughs> run? But it was totally doable Yeah, if you started on the platform.
0: So you could run up it and like hop up, like you said, as you're running. Mm-hmm. And that's what I ended up doing and just continue on from there. Mm-hmm. Or you could just hop up on the short platform and basically have a very, very short run up. Right. And I think that's what I saw a lot of people do but again it wasn't painted so it actually had pretty good grip
1: yeah i liked it he had mentioned it was suppo- it was actually supposed to have been taller but i think that <laughs> was probably the perfect height to have at the end because you think i mean it's a warped wall so it's intimidating enough and you have a lot of open heaters that are going to be like oh man i really want to try that but it still mm-hmm. looks intimidating but it's not as, it's not as difficult to get up as they think so you know it's it's very doable for them and yeah it's
0: good confidence booster
1: exactly and it's right there at the end so it makes for like some really good footage whenever you know the spectators are like taking videos of you finishing your race
0: yeah and then after that you climb down and there's a couple more walls to the finish Mm -hmm. and um and that was that was the race
1: right I, i feel like that's like his signature finish it's like Something big and then just like a couple of walls you still have to jump over just to finish. Right.
0: (laughs) I feel pretty confident I'm probably going to break this into two episodes. (laughs) So once you got finished, they had instead of a like a big, big bulky metal, they had like a it was it was I'd say it was as thick as a regular metal, but it was shaped like a dog tag. And so it had the regular dog tag, Mm -hmm, the metal, the dog tag beads instead of a strap. Mm -hmm. So a neat Pretty neat, uh, different metal, and they had pins for Warzone, and they actually had, I guess it was a patch, like a rubbery patch mm-hmm. for Warzone, mm-hmm. where it actually showed the number of laps that you had, that you were that you had finished on there.
1: Right, because in the past, we had pins that showed how many laps we had completed. So, mm-hmm. like, if you had completed three, four, or five laps, then you'd have a collection of pins on your ribbon that your medal came on um but i liked the dog tag change i like it it's simple and it i i mean i liked it
0: It, it's one of those places that if it helped him save a little money Mm -hmm. then i I think it's a good change like it it wasn't like you know he was thinking about doing no medals at first and Mm -hmm. i Think that would have been not necessarily the best call. Yeah. But those dog tags, yeah, I thought they were good.
1: Yeah. I liked the dog tags. They were still like a good, hefty weight to feel like they Mm -hmm. were, they had some substance to it and they weren't just like hollow pieces of cheap metal or something like that. They felt, they felt like good quality metals. Yeah. I think they looked really cool to just like show off with the, with the battle shirts that they had if you had signed up early enough. And I think it just went, yeah, it went with the whole theme of the event pretty well.
0: The, the shirts were, um it said they were 100% cotton, but they had a good feel to them. Like, they were nice and soft.
1: Yeah, they were very comfortable.
0: Cool designs for this year. Warzone had their own special shirts, so they yeah. had different shirts. Oh, one thing that I thought was really neat that he did is to help with, you know, cost and to help people that hadn't signed up to save money, too, is that if you didn't sign up within, if you wanted to sign up, like, I think two weeks out or whatever it was, mm-hmm. you could still sign up but at a cheaper price but you didn't get a shirt Mm -hmm. so you got a discount but just because you didn't get a shirt which you know that helped them not have to overproduce the amount of shirts that they got made right So it was kind of a win-win for everybody those that signed up late got in cheaper and then you know to run the event he didn't have as he didn't have more overhead
1: yeah yeah because that's always a tricky thing to order shirts especially for the one event that they're going to have this year you know order a whole bunch of shirts and you order way too many or even worse you don't order enough and then you're having to order more because you know these racers paid for to get their shirts and medals at the end so it's kind of a tricky situation but yeah i really liked that idea that way you could let them know up front, hey, we're only ordering a limited number of shirts. So if you want to save money on this race and you still want to race, you can sign up at a very discounted price, but you just won't get a shirt, but you'll still get to come to the race, you know? So it's yeah. it's a nice yeah, trade-off. Pretty cool. It's a nice trade-off.
0: At the finish, you know, they had like water and uh, whatever sports drinks they had, <laughs> but they also had some not only bananas but also oranges and, Water. and watermelon
1: mm-hmm. and snowball which was
0: really nice oh, i never got a snowball, never got a snowball. I'll, I'll save that for when we talk about our our personal experience of why i didn't get a snowball uh-huh. but yeah it was some uh some good finish line stuff like i think having a little bit more fruit options like i always go through and i don't like bananas so i you know i obviously don't get that but yeah. having watermelon and and oranges to eat uh-huh. every lap yes was it was definitely helpful for Warzone yeah. as well.
1: Yeah, and I didn't I didn't know about the watermelon until like after after the <laughs> after after I finished. <laughs> but it, it was it was it was awesome. I had, like, <laughs>